And I've tried keeping my cool But when I'm talking to you I forget how to speak Spidey senses tingling Swinging through the streets Web slinging, hold on to me If we were climbing the walls, I'd never let you fall. But you just can't come near me, cause your dad's Dennis Leary. Something's gotta give now. I'd do anything to take your hand, but you really need to know now that I'm really Spider Man. So. Episode 203 for December 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example of their great prices is on Ultimate Spider-Man number 20. And this one, Miles goes up against the new Venom, and evidently he has a connection to Miles' father. Now the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47 which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang. We're continuing our message board questions Q&A. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Big Al. Big Al. Where, where is Big Al's avatar from? It looks like amazing uh, Peter Parker 75. It, it is looks the like, reprint of the UK version. Yeah, it's astonishing, oh. Spider-Man. Yep, astonishing. I've, I've been wondering that for a long time. Let's see. Uh, to all, to the gang, do you think the comics in the 80s would have benefited from a longer engagement period for Peter and Mary Jane, or do you think this could have dissuaded those who feel the marriage was a stunt? I remember... Uh, Honestly... I was going to say... Tony, you follow. I, was, I remember when Josh and I were talking about this earlier this week uh, when we went out bowling. That um, I, I said, well, did you see that question? What do you think? And like, I think that personally, for me, it would not have hurt uh, the story because I think that like it would it would have been easier for people who really did feel like it was a stunt. Um, but then Josh responds and as how he's going to right now. 
Yeah, if people thought that they shouldn't have been married, a longer engagement would have, wouldn't have made any difference. You know, people are either the pro-marriage or they're anti-marriage, and it doesn't matter if the engagement was three months or six months. Really, it's... Honestly, what difference would have made in the bottom line? You still would have had Peter and Mary Jane as a couple. They just would have been engaged for a few months, for those first few months instead of married. People's opinions aren't going to be changed by the length of the engagement, truth be told. It's a lot like Superman. It's like, I, I actually assumed for a while that Superman was married to Lois Lane longer than he was, but he was just engaged with her. But it was kind of played the same way anyway. To Donovan, uh, if Spidey was a character in a shonen, yes. how do you say that? Shonen. shonen battle manga anime, what would his signature attack be called? Well, this is easy, because in the Marvel vs. Capcom games, uh, all three of them, where like, Spider-Man's kind of like written in those games to be like an anime character. Not an anime character, but he, had call, he calls out his attacks like an anime character. And like he has super moves called like, like the super web swing and the crawler assault. And like the big one, like his ultimate move, is uh, Maximum Spider, where he just like uses agility to beat you up. And then the third one, he like actually ties you up in like a... Uh, in the middle of a, a gigantic spider web, it just wails on you. So he'll just like, be screaming. Like, Josh Keaton actually screams Maximum Spider when he, when he does it, so he'll be like that. <laughs> to Zach, to Spidey Dude, I like the idea of Kane as a hero, but do you think Kane could have worked as a straight villain in the post-Clone Saga Spider-Verse? I think he works best when he's misunderstood. As for a straight villain, no, I don't think it just it just doesn't really work there. Okay. Bertone, uh, in your mind, do you associate Mark Hamill more as Luke Skywalker or with his various voice acting roles like the Joker or the Hobgoblin? For me, he is the Joker, what Kevin Conroy is to Batman. He is absolutely uh, my definitive Joker, and that's probably because I grew up during Batman the Animated Series. But to me, I mean, you know, take your Heath Ledgers and your Cesar Romero's. It's, you know... Usually it's the pretentious people who are like, oh, yes, Heath Ledger, he, he did more for the Joker than any comic book ever did. Yeah. You know, I didn't, have you ever read a comic book? But whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill, he is the Joker, but he is always going to be known as Luke Skywalker. I mean, he could become president of the United States like in 10 years or something, and he's still going to go to his grave as Luke Skywalker. Um, not to a horrible life. <laughs> well, you know what? It's... <laughs> You could do worse than than being known as Luke Skywalker, and at least he's embraced it. I'm like, you know, other people. He's, uh, I mean, I guess maybe he went through a period where he didn't want to be typecast, but you know, he shows up at the conventions, and I met him at Comic Con. Um, Don got to interview him, uh, but then like I snuck back in and had him take the crawl space picture for for Brad, and to which Dustin like didn't yell at me. He's like, uh, you're doing stuff for that website while you're supposed to be reporting for me. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, me and the kid that went to Star Wars Celebration, we got to like say hi to Mark Hamill for like four seconds as he was like rushed through a hallway. <laughs> what? What? Uh, that's that's off topic, but uh, I'll ask you later about Mark Hamill. <laughs> We're already going long. Uh, to Jr., I read somewhere that Peter is Normie's Normie Osborne's godfather. Is that a fact in canon? Also. Just like to say that you're the only other person who seems to appreciate the malevolent awesomeness that is Norman Osborn, as well as his time as owner of the Bugle, as much as me. Here's hoping he returns as a spider villain soon. Um, you know, I didn't have time to research this, but I do believe it is it is canon because uh, I I just I seem to remember Harry asking Peter to be his to be the boy's godfather. Um, I really seem to, I don't know whether it was before the boy was born or afterwards, but I do seem to remember Harry asking. Um, and of course, you know, 
both Harry and uh, Peter both forget in Origin of the Species that the boy was ever born. Uh, so, you know, whatever. So he, he turned out to be a pretty lousy godfather in, anyway, so. <laughs> but I do. That's two, uh, t- t- two godfather questions in a row. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask him to come closer? Uh, exactly. Please do. Uh, to all who have... En- any of you written the Spider-Man ride in Universal's Island of Adventure in Florida, and what do you think of it so far? I've never been on it, but I want to. I went on it, uh, I think, uh, summer of 2008. It was fun. It was, because uh, they have that whole, like, D- Daily Beagle setup, and it's very, very 80s. Yeah. Like, they have the old cartoons, and, like, you know, Peter has that long hair. And I think Ned Leeds was credited as the Hobgoblin. And um, <laughs> you fight, like, the Sinister, no. the Sinister Seven or something, like, with Hydro Man. Sinister or... Syndicates, I yeah. think it was. And it's, it's cool because like when Hydra Man like hits you like like they spray water in your face. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. That's fine. I think they've retooled uh, it in the past few years. Yeah, it's it's uh, they upgraded the CG or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been on it since they retooled it, but I live in Florida, so uh, like when my school would do field trips to different theme parks, and we would sometimes do Ends of Adventure. So I rode the old version about four or five times, but I haven't been on it in years. Eddie, uh, f- actually, let me go back up. Uh, Big Al wants to thank JR for his awesome articles and website directing me to the crawl space. And he has a podcast memory of going to uh, your reviews of Omit and Shed, as painful as they are for you as episodes. I've listened to them over and over. And I also love to give, give a shout out to Stella's introduction at Media Insulting of Zach, George's porn review, and JR's indispensable Osborne Obadiah impressions. So thank you, Big Al. That was nice. Appreciate that. Yes, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Eddie, later, later, later. <laughs> and Elvis, uh, what is your favorite to the whole panel? What is your current favorite Marvel comic you're reading? I like Ultimate Spider-Man a lot. I, I enjoy reading ASM, but not for the quality, more for like the, the review and the talking with you guys on it. But in quality, I think Ultimate Spider-Man. I really, I really get like legitimate satisfaction from that. Mine was easily Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen, but that just ended this week. Uh, or last week. So with that gone, I might have to say the best one I'm reading is Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aja. That's been incredibly creative and just really entertaining every issue. It's only three issues in, but they've all been their own like self-contained, very entertaining piece of art. Venom. Venom? Venom? Yeah, I mean, it's it's taken a dip, but um, hey. I'm still enjoying it a lot. Wow. Anybody else? Uh, uh, Chris was I saying something. Yeah, I, I only, right now, I'm only reading the Spider-Man titles, to be honest, and of those, the best, I think, very clearly is Scarlet Spider. Um, yeah. I actually think Venom is the worst of them right now. So I agree. <laughs> yeah, I guess we disagree <laughs> with Bertone. <laughs> uh, I'll jump Zach, back. yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious what my favorite. Scarlet Spider. Jr. is just reading the Amazing, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, I, I I don't know what mine is. I mean, I, my fa- second favorite character is Hulk, and and Jason Aaron's Hulk's awful. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man I like, but I don't think it's the best it's ever been. Journey into Mystery is really good. Um, yeah, Wolverine except and the when X-Men. they team. Except when they team up with the New Mutants. Good God, that was damn bad. What did you guys uh, think da- of... Uh, I don't know if somebody asked this later on, but because I'm talking about Marvel titles, what, is your, what was your thoughts on uh, Avengers vs. X-Men? Loved I it. I thought it was really good. Really good. Really? Loved it. I thought it Loved sucked. 
And that's why we have a good rounded panel. <laughs> uh, Eddie's other question. When I read other Marvel titles like Daredevil, Scarlet Spider, and Cap, it seems there's just much better work being done than the current creative team on Spider-Man. If you agree, why do you think that is? I want to take this real quick because I, I think that, like, I've been thinking that for a long time, that, like, ever since Brand New Day, I can see them, like, I saw immediately what they were trying to do, like, make Spider-Man, you know, a more positive, upbeat, Romita-esque feeling of a, of a book. But it seems to me when you read Daredevil and Captain America and Iron Man, it feels like there's a lot more seriousness, general modern-day uh, uh, creativity and intelligence going in that book that like those books feel like they're written towards an older audience that is the common denominator for uh, comics fans whereas ASM feels like they're talking down to their audience a lot and I'm not I'm trying not to be pretentious in saying that could it could it be that there's more hands in the pot making the well, stew well I mean even sense. even with slots run it really does feel like it's trying to talk to to gear toward more towards kids even with like the whole yeah. michelle gonzalez one night stand and crap like that like yeah. it felt like it was trying to be uh the stanley john romita run but in a very way that like i was almost kind of condescending and i I think they just do that because from the last five years i honestly think that like they don't to, for spider-man to be appealing he has to be kind of a dumb character and i i know how that sounds but I'm not, I've seen I've seen too much evidence for me to see that they they they, they hold Spider-Man to as high of a standard as Captain America or the Fantastic Four. They kind of say, yeah, we like him, but he's not going to be as good as those characters. What do you consider to be the golden age of Spider-Man? I don't mean this in terms of golden or silver age of comics. Jr., you should take this one. Uh, he would, but he's off the line. He is. Yeah, you got it. All right, uh, Bertoni, you're, you're the, the Lee Ramita, the Lee Ramita run. Yeah. yeah, that's where um, that's what everyone considers like the like definitive, like that they're always flashing back to, and really what the other writers have been trying to chase ever since. Hello, Jr. What's the golden age of Spider-Man comics? What's the best? Um, well, that's always a um, you know the question. The answer is probably different for everybody. But I think because I think the true golden age probably would be the uh, Lee Romita senior years. Um, exactly what Bertoni said. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know. It just was when, when Peter was first entering college, we first met Gwen, first met Harry and Mary Jane. And, you know, I mean, that was kind of the, you know, really the, the, the part of the core, a good core of Spider-Man's supporting cast, even though his best villains were, you know, created, mostly created by Steve Ditko. I think with Romita, they came up with that really strong, most of that really strong supporting cast. Well, although Ditko did, I, he did create the Osbournes and Gwen, but I think Ramita, you know, took took them to a different level. Yeah. I, I just thought that, well, I, I do. I just think that's, when you think of Spider-Man, you think of that era, college-age Spider-Man, uh, and um, I would say that's the quote-unquote golden age. Real quick, we're going to go around the horn, how we all got uh, intro to Spider-Man. Mine was through the electric company in the 70s. Kevin? Uh, mine was the 90s cartoon. JR, weren't you sick and your mom brought you a comic? Yeah, well, just about, yeah. I mean, just, you know, off the shelf and then say, hey, this guy's great. Yep. For Tony? The 90s cartoon, for sure. Chris? Um, the video game for Sega Genesis, Spider-Man versus the Kingpin, and then the 90s cartoon. Awesome. That's cool. Zach? 90s cartoon and Clone Saga. Don? Uh, the, the toys that, that were leading up to the 90s cartoon. Oh, I oh, really? Toy Biz. I remember. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Well, I, mean, yeah. I was I was going to watch this cartoon, but like it was really the toys, and then like that summer, this, the '90s cartoon came out. So it was like both of those. Gotcha. Great. 
Wombat909 from the UK, congratulations on 200 episodes. Here's a trip down memory lane for you all. I want, to tell, I want you all to tell us your favorite line that someone said on the podcast. It could be funny, something that made you think, or just one that you've always liked. Brad, favorite Don quote. <laughs> F you, Brad Douglas, you're wrong. <laughs> about the black cat, that's mine. Oh, sorry uh, Kevin, your favorite JR quote. Okay, this one, it seems hard because there are so many, but frankly it's a little obvious. Um, I'm going to try to play this for you real quick off of my computer. Let's see if this works, okay? Nice, nice. Oh, you can't hear that, can you? No. Absolutely no, not. Damn it! Tell, um, tell us what it is. Oscorn, of course. It is, it is oh. the Oscorn commercial, which begins with I, Peter and Harry are watching a, a whatever in the Osborne mansion, and then, hey, kids, Oscorn! It's just <laughs> awesome. I love that JR quote. Uh, favorite Chris quote from JR. What is the favorite Chris quote? Um, when uh, Horizon, um, it was during Ends uh, uh, of the Earth and uh, Horizon. I think it was when Horizon was in their big boat. But anyway, Chris said something like uh, that they're all inventing something. We'll call them plot devices. <laughs> I, like, I, I like that one. That was a good one. <laughs> Zach, your favorite quote from me. Wow, this would be good. Uh, this was just, you know, I was going through and I was seeing all the ones that you were insulting me with, so I decided not to use any of those. Um, but one of my, the, the favorite one of, from Brad is F me running. Whatever, <laughs> yep. he's calling JR, and it, it wouldn't have never made it on, on the show, but whenever he put that blooper reel together, I think it was like episode 35 or something like that on those lines. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard at a single line from Brad Douglas. Ever. You know, at the very at the very bottom of my iTunes, I have the Oscorn commercial and Brad's F me running. That's their own audio files. If you'd like to purchase F me running, it's ninety nine cents. It's my ringtone for when Brad calls. <laughs> Like, he was in the middle of a sentence, then he stops and said, I'm bleeding, and then disappeared for, like, half an hour, and we're all like, what happened? Where'd he go? What? Just on ble- if, if you want to make a very memorable exit, say, I'm bleeding, and then disappear without an explanation. My goodness. Time of the month. Uh, Chris. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Chris, your favorite Bertone quote. Uh, from his first. Uh, Bertoni bio of uh, Flash's brother-in-law when he was saying that we don't know what his eyes color his eye colors are because we haven't ever seen him with eyes. We don't know what his hair color is because we've never seen him with hair. I, I think that was a just a genius way to deliver that because uh, you know when when he was I knew he was going to do this character that only appeared in one panel dead. I didn't know how he would get a whole segment out of that, but that was just such a funny way to put it. Nice. Uh, Donovan, your favorite Kevin quote. Now you think you'd be prison ass, although I, I just remember when he first <laughs> when he first dropped that. My, my, I was funny, but my initial reaction was like, "Oh, that's nasty." <laughs> but uh, I remember uh, when you guys were reviewing part four of Omit, uh, and I guess because we're being a little blue in this episode, we'll try to be better next next month, folks. But like, I remember I love Kevin's quote. It says, "I give this double F because I felt double fucked." <laughs> 
I love how I'm the only one that didn't actually use the F. Really? <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, uh, anyone's feel, feel free to uh, favorite quotes from Stella, George, and Michael. Anybody got a Stella quote? What's a fat, what's oh a fat one? What's a fat one? What's a yeah. fat one? That's a good one. What this is, is one of the most creative questions that we've ever had. Yes, I would agree. Right. Wom- uh, thank you, Wombat. George, favorite George quote. It's got to be that porn episode. My God. I don't I know. Favorite ascot. George episode was an ascot. An ascot. He was wearing an ascot. Yeah. Michael Bailey. Drink mm. it. Drink it. And also Whoa. for Stella, anytime she said, oh gosh. Oh gosh. She just oh, shot her from oh, dear. oh dear. I would continue these questions, but I'm bleeding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I can't even explain what happened. In that, in that I don't know. Uh, Iron Patriot from China. To Donovan, what portrayals of Uncle Ben and Aunt May did you like the most? The Raimi films or ASM? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I think that the Raimi films were fine. I thought they were really good, but they captured a very quintessential and classic Aunt May and Uncle Ben. I think the Amazing Spider-Man's Martin Sheen and Sally Field, those were people I could believe in. I thought their performances were excellent, and I really loved their characters and felt bad for Uncle Ben when he died. Yeah. To anyone other than Josh... That's a neat way to phrase it. Thoughts on Disney acquiring Lucasfilms and playing a new Star Wars? We, we, I think we've really hit that one up. Very, yeah, very much. Yeah, all right. Uh, Steve Rogers from New York City. Brad, congrats on 200 episodes of the podcast. Do you have a singular favorite recording session for either guest or regular panel episode? Uh, favorite guest was the Sal Buscema. Uh, regular panel episode, I thought last month was really strong. Uh, I liked the first time, or actually, I liked the second time we did Spider Jeopardy because I thought Bertoni really, well, granted, we hated him in that episode, but I <laughs> thought we were on to something really strong. Uh, unlike Vin O'Neill, or uh, Alan O'Neill, which you love. had to be O'Neill, didn't it? But I, I, I like the idea of Spider Jeopardy, and I think the listeners enjoy the idea of Spider Jeopardy, too, because it's like a game show you can listen along. And it's, it's very listener-friendly. Like, they can like play along. I, I agree. It's very cool. I like the time I won. <sighs> I like the time I won. Oh, shit, I didn't. Yeah, I, I love Brad Douglas time. for 2018. <laughs> uh, I'll be wearing my Chris Was Right t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> Zach, all in good fun, bro. Spider clink of the beer. Uh, I know what he's talking about. Have, have you either at the time or in the years after checked out what was happening in other Marvel titles at the same time as the Clone Saga? If so, your thoughts? Um, not specifically like the comic books. Uh, I've mainly kind of went back and researched. Okay, what the hell was? Why was Daredevil wearing this red, red, blue, and metallic suit that made no sense? <laughs> oh, it always bothered me. I'm like, what is this? Um, but I one of the issues that I did pick up was the Ben Riley uh, guest appearance. I picked it up actually via the trade uh, of Daredevil, and it seemed like it was. Um, Written and drawn very similarly, it looked at least aesthetically in the art that it was drawn not in the mid-90s, but actually in the 2000s. Um, looked and kind of felt like uh, something that uh, Bendis would write. It was it was an enjoyable book, and it was kind of fun and bombastic, but but uh, other than that, no. Um, uh, nothing really sticks out at me. Donovan, are you more excited for the latest James Bond film, Skyfall, or the podcast, which I love this title, for your ears only? <laughs> yeah, are we doing recommendations this month or not? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll elaborate there. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm yeah. damn excited for Skyfall. Me too. I think it looks awesome. E3. Lonely Dak from the Inner Time location. Yay, 200 episodes. Just one this month. I've got a question that's been bugging me for a long time. To the group, can a Spider-Man who is an embodiment, embodiment of responsibility and therefore maturity truly be young, as is Marvel's stated desire when youth is near synonymous with immaturity and irresponsibility? That's a good one. No. <laughs> I think oh, that... Yeah. That's a good question. I think that that's putting your, put your your characters in too much of a box, saying if this character embodies this, he can only be this, and it's it's setting too many rules, and it's it's really restrictive. Isn't it about the journey of responsibility? I, He's learning as he goes. I think Honestly, that like, it, it's a comic book about a superhero. <laughs> it can be it can be whatever you want it to be. I think well, they've kind of gone away from that. young but, I mean, too. Go ahead, Kev. He, he's, putting, saying? he's putting maturity on there himself. That's not something that's ever been stated as a goal. It says he says the embodiment of responsibility and therefore maturity. Maturity is a conclusion that um, the questioner is coming to, but it's erroneous. Um, the problem with uh, the modern Spider-Man comics that are trying to make him all young and whatnot is that yes, uh, while being while trying to be responsible, he absolutely can be young. The problem is he already was, and he aged. Uh, so the problem uh, that I think a lot of us have with the current stuff is not, in fact, youth. It's regression. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, – I, 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 I don't think that Peter Parker himself is about responsibility, but that's the, that should be the theme of the comic, and it's not. Yeah. Uh, JGC, uh, Montreal, Canada. All right, gang, in honor of the 200th episode, which 200th issue of Spider-Man – do you prefer Amazing 200 or Spectacular 200? Spec. Oh, Spec easily. Uh, a much stronger story and uh, just great stuff. Uh, the emotional repercussions with Harry Osborn. Zach? Spec or Amazing 200? Uh, like I'm going to say Spec. I mean, it's just it was just so powerful and emotional. Chris, Spec or Amazing? I'm not sure I've read Amazing Spider-Man 200, to tell you the truth. The return of the Burglar. Yeah. Um, if I did, it was years ago when I was going through back issues. Is that from the 70s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's or, 80s. Very that's sort of early I, 80s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a weaker area for me, but I have read Spectacular Spider-Man 200, and it is probably at least in my top 20. Yeah. Kevin? Yeah, Spectacular 200 is easily one of my favorite issues, uh, but I have to admit to never having read ASM 200, so I can't actually say which one's better. Someone that's read both of them is JR. Spec <laughs> or Amazing 200, which one? Uh, I, actually, I, I'm going to go against the grain. Uh, I'm going to say I liked Amazing 200 better. Um, really? I'm, yeah, even though just Spec is, I mean, Spec is a strong story, and also it's a goblin story, and but amazing is just where, where Spider-Man settles his oldest score. You know, I mean, they're just kind of that, there's just that element of bringing that, you know, that, that oldest score to a close. And, you know, finally confronting the burglar face-to-face, you know, and saying, this is what you've done and this is what you're responsible for, and now I'm just going to kick your ass. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it did just resonated with me a little bit more. Um, it's, it's really close for me too, 
but amazing 200 for me also. Yeah. It's a great issue, but I don't get that's wrong. Yeah. But like, I think we like Spec and you guys like ASM. And JR, JR and I are the old guys. You uh, sure are! <laughs> Wall Crawler, our last poster, last several questions from him from Toronto, Canada. Uh, the Big 200, congrats, fellas. Uh, it, it, I'll be all caught up by about this point and have enjoyed every podcast. I'm hoping for 200 more. They come and you've always been a f- and, and you'll always have a follower and a fan in this guy right here. So on to the questions. BD, not really Spider-Man related, but I liked how you're having your beautiful little daughter has changed your opinion on what comics nowadays are reading and what kids nowadays are reading in comics. Also, I was in my local comic shop and came across a Spidey plush doll. My fiance asked how old your daughter was, and I wanted to know if she has any spider toys. Oh, yeah, she's got <laughs> lots of toys. Uh, she's two. She's two and a half. She's July 29th is, his birthday, is her birthday. Uh, she went as Spider Girl this year for Halloween. It was a pink little number with a little tutu. Uh, Marvel does a good job of putting out – it's called the Women of Marvel uh, Costumes. So she went as Spider-Girl this year. And my opinion about kids reading comics. Um, they aren't on the spinner rack as, as they used to be. They're on iTunes nowadays. But uh, Spider-Man having crazy sex in a hotel room with a black cat, I don't dig. I don't think that's kid appropriate. Granted, Amazing Spider-Man's probably was teen plus, but nobody ever reads the little T plus in the barcode thing. Seriously, they don't. Uh, <laughs> who would? It looks like another digit that you scan with the barcode, the T plus. Anyway, uh, when I was a kid, I was 10 or 12. I remember uh, implied sex. Black Cat was in the bed with Peter. He jumped out of bed or something like that with the suit on. I'm not sure, but it was implied. It wasn't as 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 uh, in my face as it is. It seems as it is now. But granted, I don't think the average comic book reader is seven or eight as they used to be. I think they're 37 year old guys like Jr. Not, not like Jr. Like me hmm. and older folks Jr. and and folks in our 20s. We're really taking a beating on Jr.'s age this episode, aren't we? Well, it's the 200th. We got to celebrate him turning 200. Uh, <laughs> no, that's my two cents. I mean, uh, there's there's comics meant for kids, the Marvel adventure stuff. There's there's these books that you can buy in the, in the bookstores that are not comic books, but they have Spider-Man on them. That's the kind of stuff I think the kids should be exposed to. As as far as the floppies, uh, I think it's aimed for tw- 15 to to however old you want to be. Kevin. Muchos, oh, we're doing Spanish. Oh, great. Muchos appreciatory for the Crawl Space comics. They're, C, they're pretty amazing and hope the writing acting career takes off quick. Thank you very much. The question is, playing Spider-Man seems to always bring the outside-in British method acting style in whoever draws the, dawns the webs. Wouldn't you rather see an inside-out character actor who can play inner turmoil? Give me an example of inside-out and outside-in. I don't understand that. Uh, it's it's really um, it's it's a technical it? acting method thing. Outside outside-in refers more to somebody that uh, is going to try to figure out every 
piece of affectation, everything physical about a character, the walk, uh, the way they talk, the way they sit, the way they move, and by living as that character uh, through their actions, through, through their physicality, let that affect how they feel. Whereas outside in refers more to uh, the kind of actor that tries to really put themselves mentally in that situation. Uh, it involves a lot of substitution, like uh, you know, thinking of a time in your life that evokes that emotion, uh, and letting yourself feel those emotions as they are really you, and then letting that inform inform your physical what, performance. What was uh, Gar uh, Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire? Wh well, what were they? This is what I'm saying is um, I kind of disagree with the premise on this question. Um, ooh, he he's saying that it's been all outside in. Um, I don't think you can tell me that Andrew Garfield in Amazing Spider-Man was not coming from the school of Stanislavski and Meisner and, you know, playing that inner turmoil. I think Andrew Garfield was definitely somebody that was feeling what he was doing. I think you can see it in a lot of uh, in, a, in a lot of those scenes. I mean, you think about when he's talking to Uncle Ben about uh, his father. Uh, there's, there's so much of that stuff in there, and it really seems like he's feeling it. Um so I – and to, to call that the outside in a British method I think is outdated. Uh, back in Laurence Olivier's day, absolutely. It was all about, uh, you know, acting. We're, we're not going to do this. We're going to act it. Um, but I think that's changed a lot. Pretty much Stanislavski, Meisner, those kind of acting teachers and their methods have swept the world. Um, and I think that's mostly what we get these days. So I – yeah, I kind of disagree with the question I have to say. Okay. JR, your goblin knowledge is flawless, and I'm not worthy. <laughs> but a question for you. Who has drawn your favorite goblin to date, and what is your preferred style of goblin? There might not be the same thing. That's why I'm asked them separately. Hmm. Well, uh, who draws the favorite? Well, you know, I. that's a good question. Um, I, I can't really, I, I like Mike Diodato. I, I like the way he draws both Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin. Um, as far as the style, I'm assuming he's talking about how he's dressed rather than what, you know, because uh, as far as dis rather than distinguishing between goblins. I don't know. I kind of like samurai, the, uh, the look of samurai goblin, you know. It was it was less, you know, silly pink. Oh, no. Crap. <laughs> I knew driving and talking on the phone was not a good idea for our buddy JR. Unfortunately, this will be his last episode. No, I'm just kidding. Don't joke, man. <laughs> You're going to feel bad. Oh, I'll edit it out. <laughs> when he said Samurai Goblin, what was he referencing? The, the rainbow was that the design, Mark Miller? The rainbow design Mark? and Death of the Family. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. It's okay. I, uh, I'm going to have to bail pretty soon anyway because I'm going to I'm uh, take, you know, through the toll booth. But anyway, no, I kind of like, and I forget exactly when that period was. Uh, actually, I think. In a way, I think it was when Jenkins and Ramos drew it, but I just kind of like that look. Um, so anyway, that, that's the answer to those questions. Okay. Uh, Zach, you've gotten me hammered plenty of times during the early days of the podcast. <laughs> Probably because we took a shot every time we said the Clone Saga. Is that right? It? Yeah. I think. Or I started to read Scarlet. shot at Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I started to read Scarlet because of your site's reviews, so thank you for that. My question is about the Clone Saga. Take a shot. What Take was your shot. favorite issue and favorite panel in that issue? Oh, man. Favorite uh, favorite panel of my favorite issue. 
Um, Bet you it's Peter Parker seventy five. I you know I, I I was thinking leaning towards that you know mainly because yeah. it's probably the best of the bunch. Uh, it was either that or four hundred. And of of seventy five, I think the panel, the image of of Norman Osborn ripping off his shirt and revealing his big filthy nasty scar on his chest was just awesome. which he doesn't have anymore. Which pisses me off. God, that pisses me off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, that's probably that probably is the my favorite panel. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what is, so seventy five in that panel in there? Yes, sir. Yeah. For toning, sup, brah? <laughs> what up? Represents. <laughs> Can I suggest a category? <laughs> Stanley nip slips. No, wait a minute. Stanley slip ups. <laughs> you wanted to see Stanley nip. Never mind. <laughs> All the mistakes he made with names and such for the run he had. Reading the essentials, and there are a ton of them. I think JR would win that year, and everyone else would kill me. Uh, it's actually, I, sometimes it's more of a struggle than, than others to like come up with new categories, and I don't catalog these questions each year, like like check to make sure, uh, unless in the past episodes, did I already ask this question, so... Um, I think that there's one or two. Oh, go ahead. They sound new to me, so I, I, I couldn't I tell. I think the lab number one is similar to a question from last year. It's. Uh, I, I think I might have another few Spider Jeopardies in me, but eventually we'll have to ed- hand it off to Eddie D. Angelini so I can go up against Jr. Because I'll just That's run out of questions. I would love that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Chris, what do you think about adapting a type of castle law? In Canada. I have no idea what that means. Well, okay, I guess this is the part of the show where we all explain the terms of art from our profession. Um, <laughs> yeah, castle laws, basic, or as we call them in Colorado, make-my-day laws, are basically laws that say if you know someone trespasses into your house, you can shoot them and not get in trouble for it. And, um, you know, different states with laws like these have different specific qualifications, like uh, some states will require you to be legitimately afraid, like the intruder is going to hurt you before you're allowed to do something like that. Other states are more lenient. But um, <clears throat> do, I, do I think Canadians should have a law like that? Um, sure. I think, I think that should be the law everywhere. Donovan, I don't have a question for you, brah. <laughs> or your bra, but uh, just though I think the bras are on the floor at Don's house. Uh, <laughs> All day, every day. Every day, baby. Uh, I don't have a question for you, but just know I think you're an awesome addition and you do great work on the podcast. I would agree. I, I would agree. I would agree. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. There you go. And you guys do an amazing job putting up with this, and it's greatly appreciated. So thank you, Wallcrawler. 27 posts on the board, and you had some good questions in there, so I appreciate it. All right. Round the horn quickly for recommendations. Okay, guys. Guys, I have to leave. I'm going to be heading into heavier traffic here pretty soon, and I have to help Rachel with some of her stuff. So, uh, Brad, congratulations on 200 episodes. It's been a blast. Thank you, Jr. And thank you for staying on throughout the whole thing too. Yeah, thank you very much. And we'll talk next month. All right, buddy. All right, bye. bye. Kevin, recommendations, sir. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I haven't thought about this yet. Uh, Josh, recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I can do them on the fly. <laughs> Screw it. it. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, I already mentioned Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, great book. I have this month. I caught up with like several runs that I was behind on. I read Aquaman. Uh, 
Never thought I'd be saying that Aquaman is a good book that I would recommend, and yet it is. <laughs> so uh, it's also about to cross over with uh, Justice League. So if you're reading that, try to pick up Aquaman. It's a, it's a good book. It's probably the best one that Jeff Jeff Johnson is writing right now. Um, well, I, Kieran Gillen writing Namor. I'd so take that. <laughs> it's uh, Kieran Gillen writing Namor in anything is hilarious. Um, I know. But I think like one of my favorites was his very first issue when he's got a whole thing of Namor explaining the proper time to use Imperius Rex. Like that's just brilliant <laughs> stuff. Oh, I, 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 uh, I love it. And speaking of Kieran Gillen, yeah, I mentioned two weeks ago he wrapped up his Journey into Mystery run. Uh, so brilliant. One of the best runs of any comic I've read in a while. Track that down if you haven't read it. And also, uh, the Marvel Now Point One issue came out, which has a preview of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, which are the the team from Phonogram, which is still one of my favorite comics of all time, are launching a new Young Avengers volume that includes Kid Loki. Um, that's starting in January. Pick that up, people! It's going to be the best book on the stands! <laughs> um, that's pretty much predestined. Nice. Also, another one that's kind of ending, I caught up with Avengers Academy. Good God, that's a good oh, book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's only got one issue left, sadly, and then they're going to apparently launch Avengers Arena, which is probably going to freaking kill them all, because, hey, ratings! Um, <laughs> but Avengers Academy has been a book that, every time I think it's got nowhere else to go, it gets better. So, find the trades if you haven't read it. Good lord. So sad. That, that was actually one of my recommendations, and I'm so sad it's ending. Because I don't see uh, the writer... Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, it's Christos Gage. I don't see him doing another book He's, at Marvel. Um, I don't know about... Well, he he just co-wrote uh, the, these good issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Um <laughs> Uh, he has he's the ongoing writer of Angel and Faith at Dark Horse. Um as far as Marvel goes, I'm pretty sh- I follow him on Twitter and I'm pretty sure he said that he doesn't really have any books in Marvel now. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it's cuz he's a writer. It's very sad. Like I mean, I'm really 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 happy that Chris Yost is taking over Avengers Spider-Man soon um because he's so good at Scarlet Spider that it's going to improve the crap out of that book, but I kind of wish Christos Gage could have, you know, a Spidey book to write. because uh, he's obviously good at it. Um anything else, sir? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, well, I've been I don't think I recommended this last month. I've started watching Warehouse 13 on Netflix. Um from the beginning, which it did, it had been recommended to me before, but it just didn't look it just the previews didn't grab me that much, but uh it's such a fun show. I started from the beginning and it's just it's just good kind of light-hearted sci-fi slash supernatural slash fantasy that's just it's got a really fun tone to it and that's exactly what they're trying to do so i enjoy the crap out of it and that's i think all for this month gotcha bertoni that was pretty good kevin for on the fly (laughs) thank you (laughs) well done like jr driving Okay, well, uh, there is something in the air, I guess, because it must be all this uh, furor around about uh, James Bond's uh, the 50th anniversary since Doctor No. Um, I've recently oh, yeah. gotten back into the Bond franchise, and uh, one thing I have on iTunes, this um, it's 50 years of James Bond, 50 tracks, and they have all the songs from all the movies, including like stuff that was played during the end credits, little instrumentals that people were singing in nightclub, almost every single song that you can imagine like in any form from a James Bond movie, except for If You Ask Me To, 
that's very notable by its absence, but I've been rocking that thing for the past few weeks, and... Uh, I almost bought it. It's like 10 bucks on iTunes, isn't it? Um, there's two versions, one which is 25 tracks and one which is 50 tracks. I would shell out the 50-track version. It was it was about 25 bucks, but it, oh, it's okay. pretty much shut up and give and uh, take my money. <laughs> and, um, I What's read... your favorite Bond theme, by the way? Oh, um... Live and Let Die. Yeah, probably Live and Let Die. Let's get it. What's second favorite? Hmm, right now, probably License to Kill, just because it's so f- over the top and so melodramatic. License to Kill. By, by uh, 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 Knight. Uh, and the pimps. I mean, the pimps. No, no, no. <laughs> she, she, she's, she's Pipless. She's Pipless. Got it, got you. Yeah, she's Pipless. And Patti LaBelle closes that movie, so you have, like, you know, two uh, R&B singers. Um, and I'd also recommend... Um, I read a lot of the Fleming novels when I was younger, but I didn't read the earlier ones aside from Casino Royale, so I'm doing the audiobooks of them now, and I'm having a blast. I just finished doing Casino Royale again, and I'm almost done with Live and Let Die, um, which is fun, but it is incredibly racist because it's 1950s Ian Fleming, and uh, he does not know um, how other races work and operate, and there's some condescending stuff that I will not repeat on the podcast. Well, it's just like when we went back and read 1970s Marvel Team-Up. Oh, this is worse. <laughs> okay. Much <laughs> uh, worse. Is it worse All right, that Lois Lane needs to be black for a day? Easily. Seriously, wow. Easily. But, yeah, those are my recommendations. Okay. Chris, what do you got, buddy? Um, I've very much enjoyed the first three episodes of the new season of Walking Dead. Um, there are Damn it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just the average quality across these three episodes is so much higher than season two. Uh, it's not even funny. And um, let's see. Uh, what else has been going on? I saw a couple movies. I liked Seven Psychopaths. I liked The Master. And yeah. I hated Cloud Atlas. So, you know, that's my thought really? of what's in theaters or what was in theaters a month ago. Yeah, I- no idea what Cloud Atlas is about. I Nobody really does. This is a wacky Damn. anime-looking movie with Holly Berry and Tom Hanks. It's so strange that movie. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. My parents would okay. just see that like right just now as they left the house while I was recording. Yeah. Well, Don, what's your recommendations? Uh, well, I want to try to be a little uh, off the off the beaten track and recommend stuff that I don't think people. Because I'm not sure you guys have mentioned if you guys have recommended music as much. So this is for all you rap fans out there in the listening audience, all two of you, that uh, <laughs> uh, 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 MF Doom's latest uh, collaboration album with uh, uh, J- Janelle Gennaro, I say latest, this is his first collaboration album with Janelle Gennaro, uh, combined to make J.J. Doom, uh, their album Keys to the Cuffs is out. And it came out like over a month ago, I just forgot to recommend it. And um, I don't know if you guys, you know, this, this can be fun for comic fans, because like, MF Doom is a very, very like eccentric quasi underground mainstream rap artist who like makes comic book references like all the time in his albums like he his whole shtick is he runs around in a Dr. Doom mask and like you don't know what he looks like <laughs> and like I, you know he's, he's awesome I, I love him That's and um, funny. I, like I, like yeah he has random lyrics uh that, that are references to comics in his, in his stuff but like he's really really like off any Superman references Superman or Spider-Man oh there's a ton like uh I know there's one you know if I was gonna cheat I want to cheat off Peter Parker uh, uh, <laughs> gave love to Mary Jane. She's my main thing. Got it right from the webhead. What a lame brain. Stuff like that. 
So like, uh, uh, I might have to search for him for a podcast opening. Oh yeah, no, no, he's he's really good. Like, I mean, uh, I had an avatar with one of his albums. I'm like Doctor Doom with a mic, essentially. So if you guys want to check him out and check out his other stuff, Keys to the Cuffs is his latest one. Keys to the Cuffs. I bet you I know what MF stands for with Mister Doom. Actually, it's not what you think. It's, it's Metal Face because of the Doom mask. Yep, I got it right. Uh, good yeah. job. <laughs> But, uh, I think it's something else. That was something else. <laughs> that that one, that's one, and uh, another one is uh, from the message board questions. I mean, uh, for your ears only is a podcast that ended about two years ago because they it was these two guys from uh, uh, England or Britain. I'm, I'm not sure which. Uh, Ian Wilson and Adam Fisher, and like that was one of my favorite podcasts ever. I mean, it was the only non-comic podcast I ever listened to. And it was so funny. These guys just go over, like, month to month, the Bond movies from beginning to end, about 26 episodes. And it was, like, one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. And they're going to come back for Skyfall. There's a promo on Earth2.net about uh, doing Skyfall again. And I know they've seen it. They're, they're getting ready to record that. So, like, I can't wait. And I, I suggest everybody, like, check the podcast out. I really, really loved it. They kind of have their, they kind of find their feet for the first few episodes, but like I say, I'd say by episode five when they review you, you only live twice. It's just a classic podcast that I never get tired of re-listening to. So uh, if you want to check that out, if you're in the Bond fever for his 50th anniversary, check out for your his only podcast on Earth2.net. I'm anxious to see the reviews of that new Bond video game that spans like seven. Oh, double seven legends. That looks good. Doesn't yeah, it? it looks really good. I mean, like he, you have Daniel Craig go up in Moonraker, and you have a whole bunch of other stuff. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, like he, he's Daniel Craig, but he's like doing all these like he's in movies that every Bond actor has the, done. Exactly. I think that sounds such as a neat premise. I agree. So, anything else? Um, thank you for listening. See you next time. Zach, what do you got? Uh, the Goldeneye game was good. I just uh, just dovetailing off what you guys just said, so it actually speak up just a little bit more. How about now? There you go. Okay, the Goldeneye game was good with uh, uh, Daniel Craig as, instead of Pierce Brosnan that he re-released it so if, if it's anything like that then hopefully the game will be fun too um, okay my recommendations first off it wouldn't be a 200th episode or episode one without recommending spidey-dude.com I mean <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's that, that's always going to be one of my recommendations and I thank you Brad for you know Staying with me, not giving up on on, uh, on saying, "Hey, when are you get the site back?" Uh, <laughs> the site's back, and and we're, we're happy to be back. And uh, I'm and you released a new podcast episode uh, too for the first time in a while. Not one, but yeah. two. There you so, go. Uh, we'll have more soon. And uh, uh, okay, recommendations. Um, I'm going to second Kevin Cushing's Warehouse 13 recommendation. Uh, season three, though, Kevin, it's going to get a little darker and a little weird. This 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 season was kind of it was kind of uneven for me, but but uh, overall I, I've I've enjoyed the show and it's been it's been a lot of fun, just like what Kevin said. Uh, the other sh- show I was watching the other night on Netflix. Um, I like Sherlock Holmes. I'm a fan of Sherlock Holmes. My father has all the original short stories collected in books and stuff like that with Sherlock Holmes, and I really like the BBC version of Sherlock. That's because it's amazing. Oh my yeah. God! Uh, I want to check it out. It's done by Stephen Moffat. I know. Dear God, is it good? I have I have all the episodes of Elementary on C, from CBS. Is that any good? It's I okay. doubt it. It's okay. <laughs> it's merely okay. I, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. For for a, a CBS crime procedural, it's okay. Um, okay. I but do dude, like the guy, the Moriarty in Sherlock on the BBC, it just absolutely floors me. That guy's amazing. Yes. Uh, I've, I've only got 
the two episodes of the first season. I think it's only six episodes on, on Netflix right now, but man, that's is all it... there is total. I thought yeah. there was more. I thought there was no. They're, they're doing three uh, three ninety minute movies basically per season, and they're not even going to start filming season three until January. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. But, Check that uh, out tonight. Wow. I mean, it's they're, they're ninety minutes long, so they're longer than your average ordinary um, show. But damn, is it good? Uh, yeah. Just based off the first two episodes, it's it's. Re- I think Zach, you and I are tied at where we are. I haven't seen the third episode of season one yet. Oh God, it. guys, do it! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> out of here as we speak. I can't even stand go, this. Like the season premiere and season finale of season two are some of the best freaking TV material of all time. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. That's now that is a recommendation, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I I just, just watched episode those. three. Wow. What else you got, Zach? Uh, Anything else? I am going to recommend Scarlet Spider. Uh, you know, I haven't really talked about it. Kevin mentioned it up in his review and in the top of his uh, uh, Spider Satellites segment, but it's been a consistently good book. I've enjoyed the hell out of it almost every single issue. I still hate number five, Kevin. I know you and I disagree, but I still hate that I, issue. I still don't get it, but fair enough. Teach their own. <laughs> we'll talk later. But um, <laughs> other than other than issue five, uh, I've really I've even enjoyed uh, Koi Fam, his artwork on the book, uh, very Ron Burney-ish. So if you uh, definitely check out the first trade. First trade comes out in January, so you can definitely catch up. Um, definitely. Definitely uh, check that out, and and I'll tell you, uh, just um, getting around on a Sunday afternoon with friends, uh, it's been it's been a great experience, and, and I, uh, it's thank you guys for letting me be on. So that's my recommendation: hanging out with All friends right. on a Sunday afternoon. That's what I'm saying. Better than football, baby. Well, that's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, is that everybody? I think that's everybody except me, sir. All right, uh, two of them have been said. Uh, Walking Dead, I can I agree with Chris. I think season three has been awesome. I like the prison. I even liked the episode uh, last week where we introduced the uh, the governor. I'm interested in see where they're going to take that because that's a mean some bitch. <laughs> uh, Avengers Academy, I caught up uh, probably about six issues in the, since we last recorded. And I, Kevin, I'm with you. I'm going to miss the hell out of that book. So good, so good. Another book I did not ex- like. That that I that I did like, but I did not expect to like it, because it just seems like a cash grab. Yeah, uh, and I bought it <laughs> for mainly mainly um, uh, numbering, I guess, to have adventures? a complete run. No, could we do adventures? <laughs> Captain America and now I know Kevin doesn't like Cullen Bunn, but well, I thought to be fair, the, my well, only exposure has been its venom issues. I know I don't like his venom. Right, he doesn't like his venom, but I, I liked Cullen Bunn's uh, writing of uh, the fear itself, the the um, the fearless, the fearless. I thought that was solid. I did not expect to like that, but I did, and I did not expect to like Captain America and, which is basically a Marvel team up with Captain America as the lead. Wait, Brad, Brad, you've read the the fearless by Cullen Bunn? I did. Can I ask I you did. a question about it? <laughs> I think Kevin knows what this question is going to be. Yep. Why the hell? Is Damon Hellstrom evil now? I have no idea. <laughs> who, who, who is Damon Hellstrom? Hellstorm. Hellstorm. He's uh, he's Mephisto's kid. Nice no, Satan's the son. Which uh, who, Satan. who his actual father is changes like every decade. He'll be on the Maury Povich show shortly. <laughs> anyway, 
Captain America and. Uh, it's, it's had him team up with Bucky, which went back to World War II. Really good. It had him team up with Hawkeye, tying it into Spider-Man. He fought Stegron. George would love this. Hawkeye, Cap against Stegron. Fun. Uh, he teamed up with Iron Man. He has a great voice for Iron Man. Uh, he just uh, nailed Iron Man perfectly. Uh, and he also had Cap team up with Black Widow. And it had a continuous plot through almost all of it that connected the, the team-ups, which I think Marvel team-up failed to do. Sadly, the book's been canceled, but uh, it continued the, uh, the Captain America run, which was in the 600s, which played off of Tales of Suspense. So pick that up if you're so inclined. Uh, a game show. I'm recommending a game show. Are you ready for this? <laughs> the Family Feud with Steve Harvey. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> I adore Steve Harvey. My mom watches and I, that all the time. Isn't Steve Harvey hilarious? Oh my gosh, he cracks me up. Ever since he lost the wig, he's been he's been pretty funny. Oh, I never thought I'd DVR a game show, but I watched Steve Harvey host the Family Feud because he is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> so check that out if you can. Uh, another odd one, I. I I should have recommended it earlier because it epically failed. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chucky. Chucky the Killer Doll. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this company called Tiki Games evidently got the rights to do a Chucky video game, which I think sounds freaking awesome. I mean, the character's been around since 1988. And uh, they set up... Evidently, the game cost more than they expected it to cost. And it cost one point, nearly $2 million to make a video game or something like that, which I think is fairly cheap. But anyway, they were like, you know what? We put a million-plus dollars into this game. We can't finish it without some help. So we need to raise $925,000 to finish this Chucky video game. And so I just checked it just a second ago because I remembered I wanted to recommend it. And of their $925,000 goal... They raised five hundred eighty-five dollars. <laughs> Nineteen people. They had it coming. Gave, gave Chucky <laughs> any any uh, inkling that they want a Chucky video game besides myself. I didn't. I didn't send in a dollar. But <laughs> oh my God. Poor bastards only raised five hundred eighty-five dollars, and the funding has since been canceled. <laughs> Over twenty-second. Oh man! Oh, whoops! <laughs> Don't uh, f with the Chuck. I I guess is the uh, so. Kickstarter is exhausting. It though it's fun to just look for that, look through that stuff. All right, round the horn, two hundred plus under our belts. Donovan, final thoughts. I was eighteen years old when I first listened to this podcast, and it was the very first podcast I ever listened to. A freshman in high school, uh, high school, college. Now I'm a college graduate, and I'm co-hosting with you guys on the 200th episode. It's been an honor to talk to all of you. Lots of fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. See you next month. Keep on reading Spider-Man. Awesome. Zach, final thoughts? Woo-hoo! 200. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Brad, do you, did you ever think you would get to 200 episodes? No, I did not. I didn't think we'd get to two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after, after. Sounding like I was in a freaking hole. Well, not much has changed. Not, not much, no. Uh, Zach still has problems with headsets. Uh, Spidey.com is inconsistently up. Uh, Kevin still says present mass. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's it sure does. It's quo. 
Thank you for being along for the ride, Zach. That's been awesome. You were there for number one. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's been an honor and a privilege to, to do this show with you, sir. Chris, our newest member to the show. Final thoughts. Yeah, I, I've listened to all seven – or 700. That's amazing. Uh, shoot. <laughs> 200 episodes of this podcast as they came out, starting with podcast number one. Um, you know, I was, uh, I think I was also a freshman in college when it started and now I've graduated law school and through, through all of that, you guys have been, you know, pounding in my eardrums and it's such a, a privilege to be part of that now. Um, you know, I, I'm so happy to be here and, uh, Spider Jeopardy was actually surprisingly fun. Like, it was, no, it was much more fun to participate in than it was to listen to, and that's going to sound um, bad. But the uh, the reasons the other ones I think were dragged a little bit because it was because of the amount of questions, and this one was much more streamlined. And that hour and a half went by really quickly, actually. So congratulations to um, Zach and um, Jr. for tying. Um, and uh, thank you to Bertoni for organizing it, and thank you to you all for 200 episodes of great entertainment, and, uh, you know, see you guys next month. And you're a great addition to the show, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for, thank for being with us, and congrats on passing the bar. Oh, yes, thank sir. you. No doubt. Josh, final thoughts? Okay, well, uh, this is a show that has truly and honestly uh, changed my life, and not just like in the broad strokes. In the everyday, there are so many things that are part of my everyday life, relationships that I have, friendships that I have, people who I talk with every day who have helped me through tough times that uh, would not have happened if it wasn't for the show. You know, it all becomes a domino effect. And it's really funny to be here on the microphone for the 200th episode. It's still... It's still a shock to me because for so long I was the guy listening with my earphones, you know, mm -hmm. snarking because you were getting your continuity wrong. And now I can snark. <laughs> and now I snark because you get your continuity wrong, but I do it on the microphone. But it, it is like you guys were, uh, I don't want to say larger than life, you know, because there's a difference between like, you know, Jennifer Aniston and like people that you listen to on the podcast. But, you know, you were so far removed from real life, you know, as these people who I listen to on a podcast now – you know, most of you are, like, in my contact list on my cell phone, and I talk to on a regular basis, and it's it's really funny how the dichotomy of all these relationships have changed the past few years, and stuff that I've done, you know, uh, like going to Comic-Con, you know, sharing hotel rooms with some of you, you know, it's uh, stuff that never would have happened if it's not for Crawl Space, and um, I don't know what my life would have been like without Crawl Space, but it definitely would not be as awesome as it is now. Oh, that's awesome. And thank you for all the work that you do with Comic-Con and the Spider Jeopardy. I mean, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that's just invaluable. Thank, so, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, last but not least, Kevin, final thoughts, sir. Yeah, I, uh, I'm appreciative and in awe of the 200-episode legacy, uh, like everybody else is. Um, but rather than look back, I'd like to look forward. And to that effect, I want to make an announcement. And that is that the Spider-Man Crawl Space series is coming back. Um, <laughs> I, uh, knew really. I knew yeah. it! I knew it! Finally, it's been two years, it's been over two years since the last issue dropped. Um, I, I've finally gotten to a point where I have the perfect story in my head. Uh, I had to do a lot of retooling from what I had before because I just wasn't that happy. Um, so I will pretty soon, probably within the month... 
be releasing a new issue of Spider-Man Crawl Space that kicks off the most epic, most ambitious, and most chock-full-of-freaking-character story uh, that I have ever come up with, uh, which will be at least a six-issue story titled The Parker-Osborne War. Nice. Nice, nice. People have been after you for years to return. Yeah, which is incredibly flattering. I mean, the fact that I still get people saying, is there going to be a new issue of Crawl Space, just cannot believe that. Um, So I I cannot thank those people enough that are still thinking about it, and hopefully, uh, you know, writing more of it will be a good way to say thank you. That's cool. Any other final thoughts besides the final announcement? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, whenever you posted it on Facebook that people are going to be really excited about about your, something with your work or coming up next. I was like, I texted Kevin. I said, is it another issue of Crawl Space? And I had to keep it a secret this whole entire time. So Yeah, I was uh, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, you did. I had to keep it a secret, too, for days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely told Brad. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I hope you would have told Brad. It's one of those things I, I really hope, I don't know if he'll have time to read it, but part of me when I'm doing something like this just really hopes JR will like it. <laughs> if I'm doing anything involving goblins at all, it needs JR's seal of approval. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just not good. You should put a special thanks in the credits or something. I don't know. Probably special so. Special thanks to JR. I mean, especially in the early days, uh, I did use JR as a bit of a consultant on things. I remember specifically I asked him, like, uh, so is it is it Osborne Industries or is it Oscorp or are those two different things or what the <laughs> hell is it? <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't it be nice if Jr. was on call, speed dialed uh, from Dan Slot if he was like a special goblin uh, expert? Or right. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway, and, Kevin, uh, like Zach, you were on the very first episode. Two hundred later, did you think we'd be doing this? Uh, God no. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Two hundred episodes ago, I was living with my dad. Uh, in my bedroom in the top floor of my dad's house and talking to you from my dad's landline. Uh, Damn. <laughs> I did Damn. not have Skype. You were calling me for, on a landline from Skype. That's um, right. And I was just, you know, up there for a little while, and the audio was god-awful. Um, yep. We didn't even have JR yet, <laughs> which you can't even imagine a podcast without JR now. JR is and, Captain America to this podcast. Yeah, that was a good analogy. That was that is true. That was before I moved out of my dad's house the first time, and since then, uh, I moved to my own apartment, stayed there for two years, moved to another apartment, uh, moved back to my dad's house for a month before I then moved to California to go to acting school, graduated acting school. Now I'm in a third apartment in North Hollywood on a headset on Skype. Things have changed a bit. Just no doubt. A lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to go through all my apartments that I've been through since this show started, but uh, let's just say it's about eight and counting. Yeah, we need I to mean, close out with the One Year's theme song with this episode. <laughs> this has been a experience, uh, and it's introduced to a lot of people. Like I've, yeah. There are people that I knew on the message board and whatnot, but I don't know if I ever would have gotten to really interact with. Like I consider everybody that I'm talking to on this call now a personal friend, and that's yeah. – pretty amazing at this point you know i i got to meet stella years ago which was great um but this year for san diego comic-con i got to meet don and josh and that was really awesome to meet those guys um it's especially you know i've seen their pictures i've heard their voices 
and then they got put together. <laughs> kind of a, yeah. a weird first-time thing, but but they were also the exact people that I had come to know on these calls and other podcasts that there's I've listened to, and it was just really cool to actually get to meet them in person. And I hope I can meet everybody else someday. I've always said, you know, Brad is one of my closest friends in the world, probably top five, and I've never met oh. guy, which is sad. <laughs> but... <laughs> The uh, the New York uh, no not New York Comic Con I'm going to the wrong con <laughs> the uh, San Diego Comic Con 2014 still planning on going uh, 2013 is so tw- wait a minute 2013 I'm sorry <laughs> no wait a minute you said 2013 20... no 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 you you were right the first time you're coming to 2013 <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we will drag yeah. you Brad you're coming oh my goodness yeah you guys kill me all right 200 episodes you guys are awesome. And especially awesome for being on the line this long. My God. Six hours. So, who's up for 200 more? 200 more? Hell yeah! Uh, what are we doing 200 more? Let, we're killing off we... Aunt May. <laughs> Again! Again! Uh, I can't going, believe been... Spider-Man and Nora Winters got married. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> Onward and upward, that's all I've got and to now, say. And now Disney bought Time Warner, so they own DC Comics, too. <laughs> I'll probably have left two more times by then, but I'll still be here. You know, I haven't, I haven't changed houses. I'm still in the same place. Everybody's moving. Everybody's graduating. I'm mar- still married and in the same house. Oh, well, you had a baby. I had a baby, I think that's right. new life into the world kind of counts. That that does count, I would agree. Oh, wow. I, yeah. That's true. Episode right. 100 will be uh, Spencer Fettinger um, and Ava Douglas. <laughs> and a host of, like, a bunch of other people. <laughs> Uh, but Ava, Ava's what three now? Two and a two and a half. Two and a half. Pop, age. When we started this podcast, you know, not even a twinkle in her daddy's eye yet. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty amazing. It's been five years. Uh, we started the show. Oh, seven. That's crazy. Her, um, the pregnancy was announced on one of the first Spider Jeopardy episodes. That's true. Huh. And that's a wrap on the show. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prices is on Avenging Spider-Man number 17. In this one, the superior Spidey teams up with the Future Foundation, and this new Spidey evidently isn't a fan of kids. Well, the cover price is $3.99. MailOrder has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.